Hey, Natives on a Budget. This is Monica Brain, co-host of the podcast. I hope that you are doing well during these crazy times. We're a bit behind in our episodes, but stay tuned because we've got a lot more material coming up. Enjoy. Welcome to episode five of Natives on a Budget podcast. Hey, Sean, I have to confess that uh, when you suggested that we do an episode about organization, I kind of panicked. I'm actually terrible at organizing things. Right now, I have all of my important papers that need to be filed are in a nice little pile on top of a filing cabinet. I'll get to it later when I need it, and then I'll go through the whole pile. (laughs) And then there might be two piles. But um, what does that have to do with money management? Organization, I mean, it's a life skill, right? The ability to categorize, store, safeguard important information, record keeping. I think financial empowerment and organization go hand in hand. And the ability to quickly know, you know, how much money you have in your checking account or due dates on bills and having access to an up-to-date copy of your credit report. Or even think about, like, details, uh, like if you've had an insurance claim from an auto accident. You know, maybe even if it was a few years ago, people don't realize it. When they let important paperwork pile up or just don't pay attention to to that information. But sooner or later, you're going to need that for something. It's going to come up. And I think we ignore the incredible cost of time that's spent when we're needlessly searching for this stuff later. I think we can all agree that our money is a resource, right? But so is our time. And I think that in many ways... Time is the most valuable resource that we have because unlike money, once we spend time, we can't ever get it back. I have to agree with you. And it's definitely encouraging me to maybe make some changes about how I organize things. And in just a minute, we're going to give you some tips on getting organized with a little simple plan. But first, I want to share a story about organizing. I have this really good friend who is just as disorganized as I am. At any given time, you can find in his car a dead potted plant, a box of snack-sized chips, stacks of paper, a wire hanger taken apart to be able to get into the car when the door stops working. And he was living in flux for a while, which means that he had most of his stuff in a storage place and he was crashing with friends. One time he went to get his stuff in the storage space and noticed that the key didn't fit in the padlock because somebody had cut the padlock off and put their own padlock on. And he realized that a few things were taken from the um, storage space. But here's the thing. He didn't actually realize what was taken until a few months later when he went on a cross-country road trip and his debit card was declined. And he checked his bank account and he realized that he was overdrawn. And that's when he realized someone had stolen his checkbook from the storage space and they had been writing checks for about a month. But he never checked his bank account and he had it set up so that it would go from his savings to his checking account every time so he didn't overdraw. So I sat down with him and I helped him add up all the fraudulent checks that were written. And it came to about $15,000. Wow. (laughs) My friend is really good about saving money, but terrible about keeping track of the day to day. So he ended up spending several weeks on the phone with his bank and then with the police to straighten it all out. And at first his bank told him, we're only gonna refund you two weeks worth of stuff going two weeks back or something like that. 
Um, but he was just pretty persistent with them, and eventually he was able to get most of his money back. And I just, I, I couldn't help but think, like, maybe if he had just been a little bit more organized, all that time and energy and emotional stress could have been saved. Uh, holy cow. What a nightmare. And you know what's even crazier is that your friend uh, having a savings cushion like that with those auto transfers to his checking, I mean, those are the good financial practices that we want to promote, right? Yeah. But that actually made things worse for him because somebody who had less money in the bank, those stolen checks would have bounced right away and those overdraft notices would have started coming in and you know he would have known right away something was going on. But because he had so much money socked away, it took a long time for that all to trickle down. So... That's awesome. He got all of his money back, but certainly some basic organization skills could have nipped that in the bud or possibly prevented the whole problem to begin with. So some people just aren't really paying, they're just not into paying attention to their money, right? That's that's a big part of it. And I realize balancing a checking account, reconciling statements, that's boring, it can be tedious. But, and I've said this before, if we can make these tasks a habit and create a system for organizing our finances, it becomes really easy, almost second nature. All right. Today we are talking about organizing your life, organizing your papers, things like that. And um, Sean, uh, I'm excited to hear what you suggest on how we should organize our papers because here's my method that I have. It's called uh, pile method. So I, I stack everything up in a pile. And then when that pile gets to be too big, what I like to do is find a paper bag and put the papers in the paper bag or a box. And uh, I'll write to file on the box. And, um, and then when I have about six or seven of those boxes, I spend two afternoons going through them and filing them in file folders and throwing away about 50%. This does not seem the most efficient way. Probably not, no. but. The first thing we want to do is figure out what type of media we want to store our records in. Are we going to go old school, hard copy, or are we going to go digital? If we're going to go hard copy, then we need some sort of a, a storage compartment. And ideally, if you can afford it, you know, a, a nice filing cabinet with a lock is, is kind of the gold standard. But you don't need that. Even just boxes, cardboard boxes or shoe boxes. And then we want to create categories for all these different accounts that we have, credit cards, insurance policies, leases for rent. If we have pets, you know, veterinary care, medical bills, auto records, all that stuff. And then just start keeping track of those records and keep them in chronological order. So anytime you get a bill or you get a statement, just keep, keep those in those folders and just keep putting them, moving them along as you get each new account or each new statement. How long do you keep those things? You know, like I have utility bills from three years ago. Do I really need that? Probably not. You know, utility bills, once they're paid, I mean, it's sometimes it's nice to have that stuff as a record. Uh, a lot of that stuff, too, is online. So even if you don't choose the online account option, you can certainly at a later date go and access a lot of those old records. So I think utilities, you're probably safe with maybe two years taxes you want to hold on to. I recommend taxes holding on to that information for seven years, but I've heard some people say you can get away with you know, four or three years. So it's really up to you what you feel comfortable with, but the key is to have it in a place that you can find it. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, creating those different categories. And, you know, there's a, a very popular method for storing digital files right now. It's called the 321 rule. <laughs> what that states is that you should have at least three copies of everything. Digitally. Digitally. On at least two different types of media, and at least one of which should be somewhere else other than your home. So think like the cloud. So maybe you'll have something on a thumb drive and then something on the cloud. Or maybe you'll have something, you know, like in the cloud and then you'll have like a, a hard drive somewhere like in a safe deposit box. How, how safe is it, though, to store like tax information on a cloud? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of storing critical personal data on the cloud. Uh, you know, I just don't know how secure that stuff's going to be for the long run. So I will tell you that um, the storing everything on the floor of the backseat of your car just is is not very safe. Uh, <laughs> no, because <laughs> it gets stolen. You know, it could get stolen and stuff like that. That's true. And the, and the thing I remember, too, there's always a risk. There's no perfect medium for storing. You know, if you have hard copies, they can be lost. They can be consumed in a fire. They can be stolen. If you have digital stuff, you can be hacked or, you know, if it's in the cloud, one of those big servers could go to, I mean, there, you're, I don't think there's any 100% guarantee that this stuff's going to be safeguarded forever. And sometimes I wonder, I really do wonder, like all this data that we have nowadays, like pictures, you know, everybody has so many pictures now and so many videos and we save a lot of that stuff on our phone and some of it gets back loaded or, or just secured on the cloud. But I just wonder in 50 years or 60 years, how much of that stuff's even going to be around. It's, I just think some of it is going to get lost or destroyed over the, over the years. Yeah, I mean, I can attest to that having worked in media for 20 years that, you know, I have something called a mini disc. I have several mini discs of audio um, segments and things that, that I've recorded. And I have to send that stuff away to pull it off of the mini disc right now, you know, because um, the mechanism for taking it off the mini disc player is not uh, there. And, you know, th there's actually a whole little industry around, I think it's called Media Box is the company. And you put you put all this old technology into a box and send it away and they send it back as a digital file to you. So um, I think we're pretty good with the cloud for a while, but I don't know. Maybe we're storing things in chips in our heads. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying. That's going to be the future. Google Glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's important to think about why you want to get organized. We're encouraging you to get organized because as this year progresses, you've made a commitment to change your financial life, change your finances, and being organized is a big part of that. And so what's one thing that you can do today to get more organized, to lift yourself up to a place that's, that's got that, that good, clean, cleared out feeling? What do you suggest, Sean? Well, I think you should start small, you know, pick a corner, so to speak. And I'm a big fan of keeping cars clean. I think. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start because it's manageable, right? I mean, you spend an afternoon and for a lot of us, it's just a bunch of crap, right? Old mail, stuff in the glove box, candy wrappers, stale Cheetos on the floor. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you, did you get in my car? <laughs> Most of us have a lot of cash or a lot of loose change somewhere in you know the center console or 
you know, back seats are notorious for just collecting a lot of stuff. So, and we're not even talking about the trunk yet. Okay. Just, just inside the vehicle. So throw out that trash, vacuum, clean, organize what's left. I think that's just a good place to start. Cause once you can get in that car every day and it's clean, then you can move on to the house or, or whatever else you have to do with. But I think that's a good place to start. Clean that car. All right. I will head on out to my car to clean it after we finish <laughs> recording this. Another thing I always think too is uh, people tend to store a lot of valuable stuff in cars. Yeah. You know, like I know a lot of people who've, who've left checkbooks or purses in cars overnight and they've been broken into. Like don't ever leave anything valuable in a car really for any length of time. Even, you know, I carry a lot of stuff in my backpack and a lot of times even I'll just take it out if I'm going to go into a restaurant or something. It's kind of weird walking into a restaurant with your backpack. But I say better safe than sorry because I know how easy it is to get in a car and how much valuable stuff some people have. Yep, I agree. Natives on a Budget is brought to you by Miscellaneous. It's what you file everything under when you don't know where it goes. Available for a short time until you get your act together. All right, for today's tough question segment, it's uh, from someone anonymous, and they want to know, how do you know when it's time to, to file for bankruptcy? Is there a formula for the amount of debt that you have and being able to get the slate wiped clean with bankruptcy? I have my theories on this, um, but you go first, Sean. Well, they do use formula. I mean, you have to go to an attorney, right? That's a, a bankruptcy. That's a legal, legal proceeding. So you have to sit down with an attorney and they will go through all of your bills and they'll look at your income, they'll look at what you have in savings, and they'll make a determination whether or not realistically you can pay that stuff off. And if they see you know, you're just in way over your head and it's just it's impossible at that point for you to cover all these debts and all these outstanding accounts, then they'll they'll say, Yeah, you know, you're you're a viable candidate for bankruptcy and then they'll start going ahead and, and getting those papers in order. I don't think it's quite as sophisticated as like a debt to income ratio or something like that, like when applying for loans, but they definitely look at everything you have, everything you have coming in and, and what you owe and they'll, they'll crunch the numbers. Do you get to keep, if you own a house, do you get to keep your house if you file for bankruptcy? So, you know, there's different kinds of bankruptcy. You have chapter seven and a chapter seven bankruptcy is when you pretty much just put all your accounts out there and you let them go. There's also a chapter 13 where you agree to pay some accounts as opposed to others. So it's a less severe form of bankruptcy. And because of that, it doesn't stay on a credit report as long. It only stays on seven years, as opposed to chapter seven, which stays on for 10 years. So an attorney will help you decide what form of bankruptcy is best for you. But, you know, some things are just not forgiven in bankruptcy, like student loans. You know, they're infamous for being unforgiven in bankruptcy regardless of any type of bankruptcy you file, you're going to have to pay those student loans. Credit card debt, uh, outstanding uh, balances on car loans and things like that, those can almost always be forgiven. A home, you know, it's possible you might have to move out of a home or sometimes they'll be able to work some kind of payment out, depending. 
a lot of times an experience I've had working with people with bankruptcy, by the time they get to the point of bankruptcy, they've already lost their home. If they're behind, you know, they're already so far behind a mortgage, they've, they've been foreclosed on and the bankruptcies, that's a follow-up. When people look at the amount of debt that they have, they don't realize that a lot of times the student loans are, are a big part of the debt. Unless you have a private student loan through a bank, uh, not a federal student loan, that all, you've got that debt till you die, basically. You've got to pay it off. And so bankruptcy really doesn't help you in that, in that situation. If you have a story about bankruptcy, we'd like to hear from you. Send it to us at nativesonabudget at gmail.com. All right, this month, what's the challenge, Sean? We're challenging you to find one thing that really needs organizing and go for it. And then what we'd like you to do is send us a picture of your clean and organized area. Could be your car, could be your living room, could be your bathroom, could be your desk at work, could be your locker at school. You pick one. Let us know. Take a before and after picture. Send it to us, nativesonabudget at gmail.com. Relatives, listen to me. You can do this. I'm, I'm talking to you, my fellow messy hoarders out there. I'm going to do this with you. This month, I'm going to work on organizing my papers so I can find what I need. Listen to me, you don't have to become Marie Kondo and hold every single piece of paper in your hand and see if it brings you joy. I guarantee you it won't. But what can bring you joy is when you need something important and you find it in 10 minutes, not half the day going through all of your stuff. We can do this. We can. I'm going to focus on my closet I need to clean out my closet and I need to get that organized. So we're going to be back next month. Until then, keep your eye on the ball. Keep working towards a better future for yourself. Summer's almost here and it's always better with some cheddar. Oh, cheesy. So cheesy. <laughs> Natives on a Budget is hosted by Monica Brain and Sean Spruce. It's edited by Sol Traverso. Clifton Chadwick does our sponsorship message. Intro and credit music is by Torn Jacobs. And the sponsorship music is Fresh Lift by Shane Ivers. Learn more at silvermansound.com. Support is provided by the Kwanic Broadcast Corporation. Visit our website, nativesonabudget.com, to get more info about today's show.